Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Well, hello, listeners. Welcome back. Or for those of you just joining us, welcome. Hello, Mark. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Uh, I'm sipping a Virgin Bloody Mary. I love it. How spicy did you make it? It's a mix. Okay. Uh, Okay. uh, I'm staying in Texas and the, uh, the Airbnb, which is what I call my parents' house, has a fully stocked bar, which I'm not partaking in, but they also have bottles of this Texas brand of Bloody Mary mix, which are fancy. real good. And this is a habanero. So Ooh, to answer fancy. your initial question, pretty spicy. <laughs> okay, well, be careful. Be careful. Well, I'm, I'm starting to sweat, so this will be a very quick episode. <laughs> oh, shit. We didn't introduce ourselves. Oh, well, I'm Casey and you're Mark. But do people need to know? What if people listen to this first? Oh, that's true. Hi, guys. I'm Casey, and that's Mark. And you're listening to Shocking, Lurid, Tawdry. That was my... A history that was of my, American scandal. Thank you. That was my tip of the hat to Texas. No, I like that. It really came across. Thank you. You really sold it. Oh, I tried. I'll get uh, better. Yeah, we're just two we're just two sassy gals who love scandal and we're gonna make you love scandals too. And right. we're gonna tell you about scandals you didn't even know about. And we're not gonna do any Kardashian nonsense. We're talking about political scandals, high society scandals. And in the case of me, uh, today's scandal involves an heir to an oleomargarine fortune. Woo and cafe society. Ah, uh, should we just get into it, or do you want to chit chat? Yes. No, no, no. I, I mean, I think I think we should just get into it. I mean, I've poured myself a glass of wine now, so I'm really getting settled in. And here we go, here we go. But yes, I think all right. that's all. I mean, I think that's first off. I'm going to need some definitions of what an oleo margin is, and um, I don't even know if I saw that. I feel like it's a brand of butter, but I'm not really sure. Uh, no. Oh, this will come up for you. But oleomargarine <laughs> is just Thank margarine. You. Oh, okay. Fun. I love it. I love a little... Remember, what is, we used to have a country crock. Country crock is, oh, that's some good stuff. So spreadable. Where did margarine go? So <sighs> spreadable. So I spreadable. think about that every time I try to butter a piece of toast. Ugh, you so try to get the little pat. No. Yeah, no. And then who... You look, you put in a piece of toast. It takes... The toast, two minutes to toast, and the butter, like, 30 minutes to defrost. No one is planning ahead that much for a piece of toast. No, they're not. <sighs> it's a I real just put, I do anchovy toast now. I just open a tin oh. of anchovies, dump them on. Oh, it's so Love good. Love that. 
Love that. And she'll be in everything. Oh, so true. So true. Something my 18-year-old self never thought I would say. <laughs> no, but here we are. Oh, but, as uh, we age, we learn. When I was 18, I was caviar. drinking vodka. <laughs> oh. Did you at least chill it? <laughs> no. Well, you know, no, you win some, you lose some. That's okay. We learn. Yeah. We learn. We, we, we have learned. <laughs> at least for now. Here we go. Uh, um, yes, take it right. away, Mark, please. Thank you. Are you ready for the tale of the V-girls and the glitter road? Woo. I like, I like all I'm of not, this. I love glitter. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to preface this by saying I'm not going to do this voice for the entire thing. It's just to set the scene. Okay, okay, understand. Take us back. Early on the morning of August 15th, 1952, Erica Steele asked the police officers who had barged into her apartment if she could use the bathroom before they hauled her in for booking. Outside her bathroom window, what looked at first to be an unseasonable snow flurry started drifting down. But this wasn't snow. It was pages from her little black book that this V-girl was systematically shredding before the vice squad could get their hands on her johns. <gasps> Ooh. Erica would become collateral damage in a much bigger case, one that would include a slew of mostly forgotten mid-century celebs, Walter Winchell, Joey Adams, and at the center of it all, Mickey Jelke a pudgy, short, 22-year-old heir to an oleomargarine fortune who was also arrested in that late-night raid. His crime? Forcing young women into prostitution to pay his bills while waiting for his trust fund. Ooh, that took a turn. What? Yes. He got women. He was basically what? like, so you know how I'm going to inherit all of this margarine money when I'm 25? <laughs> well... I'm not 25 yet, and I've got all of these bills because I live this really nice life with cat going to the Stork Club in El Morocco and, you know, buying you dinner and drinks. So it would be really awesome if, like, you could just sleep with a guy or two that I introduce you to and then give me the money. Oh, my gosh. In exchange for what? Dinner? Yeah, basically. <laughs> so we're going to get into that. But oh, yes, my gosh. So this this 22 year old who had a really hot charming older brother that people loved okay is like meh, meh. i just picture kind of danny devito as the penguin in batman returns okay yeah yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay so during the raid the erica Steele, okay. who just time out everybody I, i'm i'm interrupting him for just a moment because like that was the hardest thing that mark has ever done is mention batman returns and not mention uh michelle pfeiffer so um i just want to note it it's noted. Well done. Please thank continue. Thank you. I didn't want Welcome. to draw attention to my personal sacrifice, but well, I know. it's going I to be it. journaled about later. I saw it. <laughs> All right. So here's, here's what happens. Uh, for months, the police have been kind of staking out Mickey Jelke and his circle of cronies, a lot of whom are engaged in kind of nefarious activities. Uh, V-girl uh, refers to vice girls, which basically means prostitutes sex workers okay. in today's parlance and everyone in, in early 50s cafe society at this point are kind of fringe people like they've got some money 
it's a lot of B girls. It's a lot of models. It's a lot of people who don't seem to be gainfully employed, but just make the rounds hoping that they will be. Got it. It's just a little bit New York glamour going to seed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so the raid happens finally. And uh, Mickey Jockey, the police barge into Mickey Jockey's apartment where his 25 year old fiance, Sylvia is lying in bed with him stark naked the police know that she's stark naked because she emerges from the bedroom to stand in the hallway to see what all the commotion is about. But at that point, police were pretty familiar with naked women in Mickey's apartment since his walls were covered in framed photos of naked women. Mm, okay. Just mm-hmm. cheesecake photos, arty photos, girl-on-girl photos, just what any 22-year-old heir to a major oleomodern fortune would use for decor. Got it. Understand. So, like like you do, you know. All across the city, uh, arrests are being made. And so everybody gets hauled on, but nobody's squealing, see? <laughs> Mickey Jockey's parents pay his bail, and it's no one will really testify against him. Like, the police have their info, but there's nobody, there's no witness putting him at the center of it all. Until... Robert Merritt ends up in jail in the South. An ex-con from California, he'd left Manhattan over the summer after falling out with Mickey when he heard rumors that the cops were looking to make some arrests. So by the time Mickey was arrested in August, he was hoboing around the South. Mm. Or, as I learned from Jessica Fletcher on an episode of Murder, She Wrote, the the, uh, slang for hoboing is bowing. Oh, little yeah. little shorthand. Corrected. Yeah, thank you. Shorthand, that's the there word I was go. looking for. No. <laughs> so Mickey gets arrested. He's bowing around the South. Mm-hmm. And like any good citizen, he goes to the police station and says, oh, excuse me, my name is Robert Merritt and I have important information re- related to the Mickey Jockey case. He does not do that. He goes into the police station and says, <laughs> oh my God, Mickey Jockey's trying to kill me. You have to save me. You have to save me. You have to save me. <gasps> <sighs> And the police say, drama, drama, drama. The police just tell him to leave. They don't take him seriously. They don't take a statement. So a few weeks later, he gets arrested for vagrancy. He ends up in some hot, dirty, I think in Richmond, Virginia, jail cell filled with lice. He shaves his head and then his eyebrows is still so miserable that he bangs on his cell walls and says, someone get me the police. I have important information about Mickey Jockey. And this time, somebody hears him. And you know who else hears him? The grand jury on a Monday, where he still does not have hair or eyebrows and is still dressed like a hobo. And he testifies, and Mickey Jockey is indicted the next day. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine, so, like, this This jury? Remind me what the years are again. Sorry. where? where... So this is 52. Okay, can you imagine like proper 1952 like housewives and men on this jury and this guy walks in with no eyebrows, no hair and First of all, Casey, I don't think that women were allowed on juries in the Oh, no, not yet. Apologies. That's true. But I'm sure that the stenographer the was shocked. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so, he gets So Mickey Jockey's indicted on two counts. Okay. Uh, the first count is compelling Pat Ward into prostitution. More about Pat Ward in a moment. Mm-hmm. And in with 
And the second count is with three others, including Erica Steele herself, the Cafe Society Madam, mm -hmm. inducing young women into prostitution. So at this point, Cafe Society is on the wane. The meeting places for New York City Glitterati are overpriced tourist traps. Store Club, all those places have started to believe their own hype. And this was absolutely the death knell. Like all of a sudden, columnists have free reign to say, oh, the riffraff who are taking over Cafe Society today. Look what they're, they're running prostitution rings out of the Store Club. Which also means that gossip columnists like Walter Winchell and Charlie Nickabaka have an opportunity to do it's it's uh it's a trio of uh chances that they have now grasped at one is they get to keep reporting on cafe society the other is they have a juicy sex scandal mm -hmm. set in cafe society Ugh. and the third is they get to moralize about cafe society types Oh, so this no. is catnip to them because guess what? Ugh. As Cafe Society wanes, gossip columnists who routinely report on Cafe Society types are also on the wane. Right. However, this does not stop Mickey Jelke out on bail from going to all of his favorite haunts and demanding comped meals because he's famous now. And when he goes to have dinner at the store club, it'll get written about the next day. So really they owe it to him. Oh no, you're kidding. He's so cheap. Like Mickey, just I, like get a job. Like, I don't know, I, ask mom and dad if you can like work in the factory for a hot minute. Like, I don't know, like just get a job. If you, you like, need money I, that bad. Well, he's not going to work. He's gonna make those women work for him. Sorry, so true. He did have a job. I'm so rude, I apologize. Job so and all those the, ladies. Okay. The, the state is pulling together their case, and they very quickly realize that the only solid witness that they have is Pat Ward. She's the only one involved who does not have a previous record. Oh, no. Right. Right. Yes. Okay. However, she's had a bit of a life. So she was unmarried when she got pregnant and gave birth to a baby uh, at 16. Okay. Uh, which... There's some talk that maybe it was a rape. It's unclear, but regardless, like an unmarried teen mother, right? Is they didn't have the TV show then, to... so that's not good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's going to raise red flags with the defense, and they're sure. going to absolutely go after her for you weren't pure and innocent. He didn't lure you into anything. You did this willingly, right? Because remember, it wasn't that he he's not he's not indicted because he was her pimp. He's indicted because he made her prostitute herself forced it right right that's the claim mm -hmm. so she's the only chance that they have at really getting a conviction and her mother thinking ahead realizes that pat is probably going to need an attorney D she's not helpful. charged with sure. anything but she just needs someone acting in her best interest enter j roland sala J. Roland Sala was a judge for about a decade, and then his appointment was not renewed for a second term uh, because, well, he studied at the American Academy of Dramatic Art. So that should tell you. Okay. So, you know, he, who, his, who we're dealing with. Right. The courtroom was his stage, and he was the only player. Yes. Uh, and it's funny that you brought that up because he did quote Shakespeare quite a bit. 
<laughs> he routinely, uh, as punishment for crimes, he would routinely say, he would quote Merchant of Venice, which I don't know off the top of my head, but basically he was like, a pound of flesh or a pint of blood at the Red Cross. I live at your choice. Ooh. And they would go off and donate blood during World War II, which I think is mighty generous. So true. But and I love he, that idea of, of wrapping that into a sentence. I mean, I think now we would say that's cruel and unusual and you can't do it. But, you know, back in the day, hmm. again. Some juvenile know. delinquent, like, broke off branches of a tree or something. And his punishment was he had to learn Joyce Kilmer's poem, Trees, <laughs> and recite it. Oh my gosh, he does. He sounds like the worst, like, 10th grade English teacher you could possibly have, but as a judge. <laughs> Meanwhile... He's, he is like freaking out about cars. He levies, he triples the levies. He, sorry, he triples the fines that levied against cars parked on private lawns around Belmont Raceway. Ooh, that's right up my alley. But he parks anywhere he wants because as a member of the court, he can, he thinks. Mm, okay. Well, I don't know why you need to discriminate people against people just driving out to Belmont for a nice Saturday afternoon in the races. I mean, it's a fine track. It's been there for you. I mean, it's a historical monument well, for as far as I'm just concerned. Anyway. Don't park on someone's lawn and you'll be fine in his book. Fine. Also, now in Lexington, Kentucky, they're <laughs> fine with that. And it's actually sold and sanctioned, say in Saratoga. You just have to pay him $15. So maybe that's what he was saying. Well, just you know, pay the he people was a man to, ahead to of his- park. He was a man way ahead of his time in many ways. So true. Uh, he he had a diatribe in the '40s about the press printing the accused the accused's race in stories about people being arrested. Hmm. He was very anti that. Yeah, he was not <laughs> a fan of that. Look at him go. Uh, right. I also thought of you when a few <laughs> years after this trial ended, he was arrested for drunk driving and claimed the mm. empty whiskey bottle in his car was intended for his wife to turn into a candle. <laughs> I would do that. I did do that, actually, but I did it the opposite way. This last Christmas, I had a candle, and then I turned it into a rocks glass. So I think that's the same, but it might be different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. goes either way. It's a yeah, story anyway. that cuts both ways. Thank you. I always like to just try and, you know, multi-use things, but only if it's easy. Not really a big do- oh, DIYer. No, just it's got to take like two seconds. Yeah. Anyway, the second anyone's like, and now get an exacto knife. I'm like, pack yeah. it out. I'm out. Nope. It's if I don't have the supplies in my apartment at that given moment, it's not happening. Oh yes. Yeah. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So anyway, so please. What proceed. we have is what we have are the makings for a real circus. <gasps> right, because now he's going to be her lawyer. Ooh, this can be fun. So you've got Cafe Society, you've got Looky Loos, because guess what? I mean, it's a bunch of beautiful women talking about prostitution and having sex in the 50s. I mean, like, you, this it, is catnip. You're, yes, you're, you're printing money. So Sala says, you know, I don't think that we need the press in here. And I don't think that we need the public in here. This should be a closed courtroom for Pat Ward's testimony because we don't want to damage her reputation with her naming all of the things that she was forced to do by this guy. 
and the defense is like, oh, hold on, hold on. Uh, you're saying that he made her, you're saying that he's already guilty. But as we will prove, our client was a naive young millionaire who was seduced by the glitter road. Uh, to which mm -hmm. uh, Sala countered, uh, Mickey Jockey represents, quote, a horrible, despicable picture of human Satanism and depravity and sadism. Ooh, I like that. Yes, yes, nailed it. I think that's spot on. Now, personally, I've never found those two mutually exclusive, no. but different time. <laughs> so the press gets kicked out of the courtroom. There's some back and forth with the, with the judge and it, the judge finally says, you know what, you're right. Uh, it will not do this girl any favors. They can peddle their smut elsewhere. No press, no public. He can have like friends and family in so that he has witnesses for himself. But other than that, no. So not great. Uh, because for many reasons. One, the press is so outraged by this that they just hang out everywhere in the courthouse. Like they're hanging out in men's rooms, trying to overhear people talking about the trial. And when they don't find anything, they just print rumors, which they are aided and abetted by, they are aided and abetted in with uh, Mickey Jockey's lawyer. Oh, so he's feeding like, them stuff. Well, you know, I would never say that Pat Ward fucked everything right. that moved, but... Right. <laughs> right. Yes. Ugh, of course. So it really backfires in Sala's face because the reports just are so scurrilous and so outrageous about Pat Ward, who he has told, uh, get your hair cut in a stylish page boy, dye at Auburn, and wear uh, demure dresses with Peter Pan collars and low heels. Oh, well, so that's I what love she that. wears. I love that he'll trust a ginger. I mean, that's, uh, uh -huh. I love him more and more. Apparently we're the most Forward trustworthy, thinking. so. Forward thinking. Uh, okay. So school girls across New York City start wearing Peter Pan collared dresses <gasps> because it no. becomes a symbol of sexual awareness. Ah! Oh my gosh. That's so I can't think funny. of anything less sexy than a dress with a Peter <laughs> Pan collar, but here we are. You know, yeah, it was the 50s, you know. They probably showed off their calf. That's right. Everywhere. No, no you're right. <laughs> well, my computer is and it's damp. <laughs> so, so they're publishing rumors the trial finally begins February 6th 1953 and the people rest their case February 13th okay so that's I think two days of Pat Ward's testimony and then some other people but it, I mean it's a pretty quick pretty turnaround quick. for yeah. for making a case against Mickey Jockey so they rest their case on February 13th interestingly Mickey was in a car accident the night of February 11th. Along, okay. with, along with a blonde who waited around for a bit, then hailed a cab and just got the hell out. And I'm assuming he was injured in the accident and needed medical attention. No, I or think something. they were no. waiting for the police and. Okay, for the accident. And she's just yeah. like, eh, I'm good. See ya. She waited for a little bit and she was like, ah, you know what? I'm tired. It's late. <laughs> Bye, babe. Oh my gosh. So he's just out living his life while he's on yes. trial. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Getting in Got car it. accidents on parole. Right. With random women who are not his fiance. Or it could have been his fiance. The newspaper reports did not say. I had to look at the Brooklyn Eagle, not okay. February 12th, 
1953 issue, which I did. I zoomed in. <laughs> they didn't specify. Okay. So as all of this is happening, there is a war on margarine being waged in Iowa. <laughs> okay. Dairy farmers oh, are still furious that margarine is allowed to be sold. And dairy lobbyists submit a list of demands because they're worried that any housewife who claims to like margarine has been hoodwinked by Big Oleo. <gasps> Ooh. Wow. So most of the demands are ignored except for one. Mm -hmm. Restaurants have to serve margarine in triangular packets so people know. Right. I remember that, that they have, yeah, it had to be packaged legally, differently for a hot minute. And that's how you knew it wasn't butter. So you weren't like fooled into, and I was like, which by the way, if anyone's tried margarine and tried butter, which I hope everyone has, they taste wildly different, wildly different. The consistencies are different. Everything's different. So anyway, but, but what if someone accidentally eats margarine and prefers it to butter? Butter. And also, everyone must hate triangles and must prefer squares. Yes. Okay. Triangles. Where's oh. the other corner? <laughs> who would who would possibly open a package triangle shaped? We're good there. Make them all triangles. <laughs> that's right. So so that's happening because apparently there there's a huge war between butter and margarine sure. still waging. Of course. Uh, to this it was day. called the color wars in the Ooh. early 20th century. Uh, when butter demanded that margarine stop dyeing itself yellow to look like butter. Oh. Uh, and oh, there's that'd a whole be thing nice where if like, that was the only color war we had. Ugh. Uh, uh, there's a whole thing where the butter kept saying, if housewives want yellow margarine, surely they have the time to dye the margarine themselves. <laughs> sure, Jan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. I'm going to do that. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> so the defense presents its case with star testimony from Mickey's mother, who just like, my son, he tries hard. And then they rest. But it's late in the day. So the judge says, y'all go home, go rest. Let's reconvene in the morning. And then I will give you instructions and you can go off and deliberate. So they show up the first thing in the morning. But what is this? It's Why Valentine's Day. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Are you watching Hulu? No. <laughs> oh, that okay. was a very Amy Poehler um, Hulu commercial for Parks and Rec. Anyway. Okay. Uh, what is this? Why is newspaper man Walter Winchell with a scoop of his career? <gasps> He's found a missing mystery witness who's going to blow the lid off Pat Ward's sweet front and reveal her to be the hard whore Mickey's attorneys claim she is. He, Walter Winchell shows up in a courtroom with the mystery woman and is like, remember that woman you've been searching for since August? Well, I've got her. And I've already, I've already interviewed her and the interview runs later today. Did you want to interview her on the stand? And everyone's like, uh, yeah, thanks. Uh, <laughs> I guess... I guess the trial's not over yet. <laughs> so here's what Grace Apple has to say that's so explosive. Oh, great name. Um, yes, uh, I, knew the def I knew Pet Ward. We were in a hotel room with Joey Adams. Uh, oh, no. I'm sorry. I would have to 
plead the fifth about that. So basically, that is her entire testimony, and it is completely designed to make it seem as if they engaged in some random threesome with Joey Adams. Oh my gosh, it has nothing to do with anything. She doesn't know Mickey. It's useless. No, it's just to say that Pat Ward just to is a sh- whore. smear her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. <gasps> yes. It is just to smear Pat Ward. So that's it. It doesn't matter in the end. Winchell got some attention out of it, which he was in desperate need of because he was on the wane, having waged the very public battle with Josephine Baker and being called out by Ed Sullivan in an interview for saying that what he did was an embarrassment and un-American. So he's kind of freaking out. Uh, And then the jury's like, oh, cool. So you maybe had a threesome with Pat Ford and Joey Adams. Evs, uh, we're ready to sentence. Uh, We find him guilty, but we would plead for leniency for him. (gasps) They did find him guilty. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. So they find him guilty and they want, they uh, ask for leniency and the judge says, eh, three to six years. Goodbye. Woo. Uh, Oh, sorry. The judge sentences him with this quote. Uh, Your greed, wanton self-debasement, venal exploitation, and progressive debauchery. Ooh, that's a good quote. Oh, that's great. That's almost like the Ted Bundy quote, but for way less. (laughs) So Mickey's off. Uh, Mickey works in the bakery during his time on Rikers. And no, I don't know if they served margarine in triangular packets or not. So don't ask me, Casey. That's the question of the century. I know. That's the trial of the century. That's true. Margarine v. Butter. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. So did he he serve three years or did he serve six years? How did he do in prison? Oh. He doesn't seem like he's much, like, would do real well in prison. I'm sorry, did you think that was the end of the scandal? No, sorry, my bad. (laughs) Uh, No, because the verdict gets thrown out. No, why, Because the judge closed the courtroom and so his attorneys argued that he didn't get his public day in court. Interesting. So there's a lot of back and forth where uh, they find, they say, okay, yes, he didn't get a public trial, but also the press isn't, doesn't necessarily need to be there. So it's a very, I don't have a legal mind, so I don't understand the nuances of the arguments, but the gist is they have to do it all over again. No, poor Pat. And now the press is there and her testimony isn't sealed. So it's all public. They have the same judge presiding. Okay. So they all reconvene March, 1953. At this point, Mickey had lost 25 pounds in prison. Oh, so they held him. So he was serving his time. So they didn't release him when it was thrown out. Okay. And he married Sylvia. They got married cute uh so this time grace was no longer a shocking witness and she didn't plead the fifth she said she went she was in a hotel room with joey and pat left the room for 15 minutes came back and everything seemed normal 
However, Pat's testimony was a horror show in the way that you can imagine a young woman who has been victimized by men being cross-examined by a hostile (gasps) defense attorney would be. Eek, 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 eek. It took at least two days for her to testify because she kept stopping to sob. Uh, And they brought up her baby that she gave up for adoption. They brought up that she was hardly the innocent flower that she claims to be when she met Mickey. And they bring up post-first trial, she had a six-week relationship with a leather biker neo-Nazi, which is somehow proof that she had been bad all along and led Mickey astray. And the leather biker neo-Nazi wrote a book about his relationship with Pat Ward. I love you, I hate you. Eight weeks of free love with Pat Ward. What? Ew. Ew. Oh my gosh. But the public still cannot get enough of this trial. They have literally read all about it two years before, still reading about it. They're super horny in the 50s. They want anything to do with like sex. Oh, tell me more. Tell me more. Uh, So explosive second trial. What do you think happens? Um, I don't know. Tell me. Uh, He's convicted again and (laughs) uh, goes, goes back to jail where he serves 21 months. Okay. 21 months. All right. So a little, yeah. Okay. In the bakery. And uh, well, I don't know if he still worked in the bakery. I'd like to oh, think okay. so. I hope he made croissants or something. Uh, at Rikers, they're famous for their croissants. <laughs> so that that tracks. Probably that really not. Really... <laughs> no, you're right. Uh, mm-hmm. So okay. that's the Mickey Jelke trial. Oh my gosh. Okay. Oh my gosh. Wow. Anything, did it, whatever happened to those women? Were there any like other consequences? I hope they didn't go back to turning tricks. I hope he, they were then released. Everyone kind of drifted away. Pat Ward had kind of a rocky private life. Uh, shocking. Mm. Uh, she got married. She got divorced. She was in and out of the news a little bit. Nothing salacious. Mm-hmm. Uh, Erica Steele was in and out of the news for a little bit. Mickey was uh, moved to Florida, got divorced got married got his but trust everyone fund. just kind of yeah got his money and was just happy to live on his investments <laughs> but everyone kind of faded away in a very strange way and i think that it has everything to do with the fact that they were so tied to this very specific era and period right right it was just so juicy and then you know the 60s came along and it was, yeah and yeah. all of a sudden like uh, this rich guy who was kind of running a prostitution ring but it all boils down to this one woman so it just becomes a less sexy scandal right right when you're not parading all of them in front of you know yeah 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 but even so here's and here's what i was saying in the last episode about how everyone takes the scandals and uh, talks about them through the prism of their own era in the 90s a movie was made about the trial Mm, or sorry mm -hmm. about the scandal however it was called cafe society okay uh it was sympathetic towards mickey 
who uh, painted him as a victim of moralizing cops who were just looking to like get some arrests made. And it stops before the trial. So it's all of the events leading up to the trial. Oh my gosh. So the sexy bits. Yeah. But then when he goes to prison, we don't need to see that. That'd be, no, no, no. Oh, wow. Well, we don't need to see the women testifying to how he abused them. Right, right. No, no, no. Can can blow right through that. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. It's available to watch on Vimeo. I did not. I started to watch it, and then I thought, this isn't helpful. (laughs) But it it feels like that 90s post-swingers thing of, hmm, oh, sleek, sexy, 50s, Manhattan... Kind of the thing that Mad Men uh, paid the lie to of, yeah, things weren't great, guys. Right, right, exactly. It's like, oh, There's... yeah, you sort of, you you know, we, we we sensationalize it and we think those are the great times. And it's like, mm, not so much. You know, it's, it's in reality, it's not so great. So why, you know, why do we get so excited about it all the time? But I think yeah. I think that's why these scandals live on and change and then i think you're right they just take a different it's it's viewed through a different prism depending on what area you're in mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i mean can you imagine if a movie was made about it now it would be about pat ward yeah totally right absolutely It'd be about all these women and how he was had this huge group of victims that oh my gosh ugh, i can totally oh I can see the actor that would play him. I just, for some reason, like I'm, a, I always blank on their names, on, on the name. Like like Jonah Hill in his fat phase. <laughs> that would be great. That would be great. I love it. One of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so, oh, and the other thing about Pat Ward that people were so upset about her test or worried about her testimony uh, she was also just a pretty girl who knew a lot of people from around. So she knew a lot of celebrities. Right. So it's like, is she going to name so, names? And she had to. So like Mickey <gasps> Rooney got dragged in at one point and everything was innocent and above board. And George Raft got dragged in and everyone was like, we had dinner with her. Like she's a pretty girl. We had a date. I didn't pay her for sex. Right. Right. They were trying to pull out, like, are there scandalous clients of yours? And she's like, yeah. no, only the ones that this guy set me up with. And I didn't know who they were. Yeah. But yeah. basically, the press did not care. And they just wrote whatever they wanted to. Ugh. And then had the temerity to sit back and say, oh, my God, these people are disgusting. Can you, you good Christian Americans, we stand with you. But did you hear about this other thing that Pet Ward did? Right, right. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Ugh. So true. The gossip, right? Everybody loves the gossip. (laughs) That's the Mm -hmm. V girls and the glitter road. I love it. Plus I learned so many more terms. I'm so excited. Not just the margarine terms, but then the V girl, the glitter road. I didn't know that was a term for that. I I don't think that (laughs) it is. I think that his defense attorney was just like, oh, the glitter road. That'll catch on. didn't it did not it catch did. on it did it did not it did not we're still waiting for that spoiler one to catch alert. on spoiler alert 
it didn't work it didn't work oh did not catch on and they died okay there we go oh well i love that story good job wow yes and i'm sure you had to do some some digging for that one uh i will say i'm gonna have we're gonna have sources available on the episode page or wherever wherever one posts words Thank you, show notes. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. But there is someone who's obsessed with margarine, I believe, has an exhaustive <laughs> study of this entire thing that I got most of that information from. Uh, it's highly recommended. It's very entertaining. It's very well written. But yeah, some, and it's a whole thing about his Mickey Jockey's nephew later uh, chartered a plane to take him and his new wife back from Jamaica to New York City and it was like a $7,000 plane ride because he was like no other passengers just the two of us please oh. so he caused headlines and kind of brought Mickey back into the news so for some whatever reason this lovable weirdo has just really dedicated thousands of words to these two men and for that wow. I say thank you lovable weirdo there you're you men go. after my own heart we tip, we tip our hat to you, good sir. Thank you for the yes, love of the margarine fortunes. Oh my gosh. I mean, I had no idea, but now I'm going to look into the color wars. Ooh, I love it. Mm. I love it. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay, what else? Anything? Do you want to, yes? No, that's Thank that's you for listening, for, everybody. That's it for this episode. Yes, thank you. We will be back um, next week. So we will hear you all then no you'll hear i keep i'll find out what the right term is thanks everybody you're the best (laughs) and remember always ask to use the restroom before you go to the police station such a life and dispose of the evidence that's the real takeaway Mm -hmm. you're welcome everybody you're welcome you're welcome